Albuquerque's macro aggression, Eddie Aragon, the rock of talk. Monday afternoon, I'm Eddie Aragon, The Rock of Talk on AM 1600, KIVA 93.7 FM, the web, the app, rockoftalk.com. 550-5500, that's 550-5500. You now must go to my left. Rudy in studio, so we got to pull out. Six weeks from tomorrow, Jen. Six weeks. I don't know how much I'm actually counting anymore. The election is seemingly already here. We've got uh, so much to cover, as we do each and every show, and I think it's Time to uh, just relax a little bit, really. Uh, I'm not uh, saying we're stepping it up because it's already there. We are here. The election has arrived. And Friday, I caught a little bit of your your broadcast uh, there, and it was Langston's uh, last broadcast. Unfortunate, Langston is uh, just on the other side of uh, Amarillo by morning right now and headed off uh, into the sunset of a brand-new state uh, called Michigan, uh, where he is originally from. So, We wish our very best. We will be hearing from him uh, again. Let me just tell you, this whole entire hour is going to be dedicated to Ruth Bader Ginsburg. The reaction, Trump's reaction, the Republicans' reaction, the truth truth of it all, excuse me, as well as SCOTUS and the uh, Constitution. I will tell you in hour two why the Democrats want Joe Biden gone. And I do mean that they want him gone. You thought the death of Ruth Bader uh, Ginsburg uh, shook things up. I'm predicting uh, here and now that there might be something perhaps even uh, more striking that might happen during these uh, next 44 days. And that could be one Joe Biden no longer at the top of the ticket. What will that mean? Uh, There is uh, no uh, when's the last time uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg was anywhere publicly? Well, that was about the middle of August when she was presiding over a wedding. And that just happened to uh, sneak out. But uh, this woman uh, for the last I don't know, two and a half years. I mean, she has been an activist. Uh, Dare I say, people have gone absolutely crazy and nuts. Uh, She's taken on an iconic view Mm. prior to her even leaving this earth. And uh, it just seems to me that the loony liberals and the liberal lunacy with the Trump hating and the various things that are out there, all this is going to do is going to stir them up uh, even more. Am I afraid of that? No, because we've seen the worst of it. We truly have. And uh, threatening violence, threatening more riots after they have already done so, we'll talk about that in an hour or two, really is not something that I am worried about whatsoever. We'll talk about the tyrannical lockdowns. Michelle Lujan Grisham, we've already alluded, and you're noticing, uh, Dowd, that they're picking up on all our work. You see the think tanks and the various other people. All of a sudden, all the bloggers are like, oh, hey, Eddie and uh, Dowd are talking about Nebraska and Utah, and then then suddenly, oh, they're just passing it off like it's their own ideas. We see you guys. Don't worry. We pay attention to everything you guys do. We know where you feed off all of that stuff. We'll talk about vaccines or herd immunity, as well as business shutdowns in Hour 3, nothing but New Mexico politics, and uh, a couple of other uh, stories that uh, we will highlight. 550-5500 is the number to text uh, this afternoon. I will have your calls uh, during hour number two, and as uh, we are now on Amazon, um, Wally Drangmeister put us on the Amazon cloud. So Sweet. yeah, so we are Wally, there he's as such well. A schemer, I, I admire that guy a lot. <laughs> Knows how to get <laughs> us there. young man. All right, so you guys at the end of your broadcast on Friday, we're talking about well, how much more violent, how much more crazy it's going to be. Uh, at this point, nobody's afraid. We're prepared. We're armed and. 
for these liberals proposing their lunatic ideas about why we should be scared, the rioting and the looting, we have seen this happen over and over again for the last three months. They came out of the lockdown from this. Tearing down statues, uh, they didn't care. And then they put their hands up, don't shoot. But uh, we've also found out that Black Lives Matter is responsible for 91%. 91%, as is Antifa, 91% of all the rioting and looting and the violence uh, that is out there. Now, part of this violent response that they're wanting is they might go back to Barack Obama when he said back in 2009, elections have consequences. I posted the tweet as soon as it came out. Reza Aslan, a religious scholar, remember him from CNN, he tweeted to his 300,000 followers, if they even try to replace RBG, we burn down the entire effing thing. Hugh Willimon, for those of you, or Bo Willimon, for those of you who have followed House of Cards, which uh, came to a fiery end because of uh, Kevin Spacey's rape and pedophilia, which apparently had been going on. It was it, Talk about institutional pedophilia and rape. Uh, Kevin Spacey cornered the market on that. He wrote, we're shutting this country down if Trump and McConnell try to ram through an appointment before the election. Author Angon Guvea, whose latest book about is about toxic masculinity, tweeted, F no, burn it all down. And Mitt McFarland said, burn Congress down before letting Trump try to appoint anyone to SCOTUS. That's somebody who doesn't even teach in this country. And then Ed Markey, who's a Senate candidate for Massachusetts, <laughs> Scott Ross tweeted, effing A, if you can't shut it down, burn it down. So here we are. I studied the overthrow, whether it's uh, the Peruvian government, you know. <laughs> we look like a third world country, folks. This is insane what the Democrats are trying to do. And they're angry. They're upset. So much so that Axios basically put out a primer on this whole thing. Mike Allen, an author over at Axios, who says, well, you know, here's what's on the table. Here's why it matters. And here's what Pelosi and Schumer and McConnell are all saying. And uh, here's what we're basically going to do. Now, speaking of the aforementioned Nancy Pelosi, she was on George Stephanopoulos. She was uh, seemingly coherent, although you see a lot of steering by Stephanopoulos. He really likes to steer her in certain directions. Never mind you that he was the architect or one of the architects of Bill Clinton's win back in 1992. He spoke Sunday with Nancy Pelosi, and you heard all day long about arrows in our quiver. I mean, how many times can I hear about, you know, the same talk show host talking arrows in the quiver, arrows in the quiver? Okay, I get it. I get the sound bites. I get their repetitive nature. That's okay. a violent image, isn't it? <laughs> Arrow? Quiver, those are weapons, right? Well, and they're the Robin Hood Democrats. So George Stephanopoulos steered her, said, so what can you do then? Some had mentioned the possibility, steer, steer, that they try to push through a nominee in a lame duck session that you in the House can move to impeach President Trump or Attorney General Barr. It's like, oh, wow, let me uh, take it from my media bosses at ABC, <laughs> right? We can impeach President Trump? Attorney General Barr is a way of stalling and preventing the Senate from acting on this nomination, that tells you right there the media wants this to continue. They love this soap opera. Remember, soap operas have a longevity. Some of the longest shows ever running on television are soap operas. 
seemingly scheming, steaming. It doesn't matter what they're doing. Someone's cheating on someone or someone's stealing from somebody else, and that's really what they want. By the way, she greeted Stephanopoulos twice. She stated, we have a responsibility, and you might remember her saying these very things both in 2018 and 2016. She says, we take an oath to protect and defend the Constitution of the United States. We just celebrated 233 years last Thursday. We have a responsibility to meet the needs of the American people. When we weigh the equities of protecting our democracy, it requires us to use every arrow in our quiver. That's the context of what she was stating. Now, what are they holding out for? What could they do better? How come RBG didn't die in 2018 or 2016? How come she didn't retire if she was in that type of uh, health, pancreatic cancer? Well, some people are suggesting, as it has been suggested before, we don't know if we don't want to make her president of the United States or the next Supreme Court justice. It is being suggested to Joe Biden that he should, as his top appointment, Give it to Michelle Obama. You might remember her very lacking Princeton paper, which was quite racist. And you can find online, if you ever have a chance for some late-night uh, racist reading, please read Michelle Obama's uh, uh, thesis uh, from Princeton University. But here's what's even worse. Are the people who are pushing her are even more racist. Listen to some of these quotes. Obama is best position. that's uh, Michelle Obama, to symbolize the Afro-American promise. I'm like, what is the Afro-American pro- uh, promise? Rudy, what's the Afro-American promise? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what the Afro-American uh, promise what's is. What's the Latinx promise? <laughs> what's the Asian-American promise? This was written by uh, Roger House on the Hill. He's the Associate Professor of American Studies at Emerson College in Boston. Please do not send your children there. Please don't waste the uh, 38000 in tuition that it costs to send your uh, children to the indoctrinal institution known as Emerson College. He also goes on to say, Biden's pick must be spotlighted by a woman who embodies the dream of civil rights movement. Moreover, she brings us insight as a black woman of dark complexion. We're literally focusing on skin color. We don't want a light-colored sister. We want a dark-complected black woman who struggled to be confident in a society that values whiteness and lightness. Now, later on in today's program, I will tell you why Black Lives Matter is over. There's only five black women currently serving on federal appeals courts, and all of them are age 68 and older. I could tell you that Bill Clinton, at the time that he appointed and they got approved, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, he was thinking, well, that little fiery woman, she's going to live till 100. Well, there you go. Now, on the same backs, the former Attorney General, Eric Holder, and this is the other strategy. If it's not appointing someone very popular, someone that they know is going to get a lot of support by the people who don't have a lot of depth in politics, but they like their identity politics and they like name recognition, okay? Q factor. You guys know what the Q factor is? That's, that's Michelle Obama. Likeability and recognition? That's it. That's all it is. The popularity contest. Eric Holder is suggesting something that is anti-constitutional which is packing the Supreme Court. A method that not even RBG herself approved of, folks. But this is what he wanted. He said, you would have a conservative majority on the court, illegitimate conservative majority on the court. It's not illegitimate. Whoever's in power, and I'll tell you why in 2016 that we didn't move forward on President Barack Obama's suggestion, that ruling all these matters that will affect the nation, you know, for generations to come. Yeah, that's right, 40, 50 years. 
Let's go back to the original sentiment, which is elections have consequences. If, in fact, they are successful in placing a justice on the court, I think what Democrats have to do, assuming that Biden is president, <laughs> almost uh, uh, a little tip of the, uh, of of the yourself, cards Eric. here. <laughs> There's a Senate majority for the Democrats. We need to think about court reform, and at a minimum, as part of the reform package, I think additional justices need to be placed on the Supreme Court. This is exactly what they want to do. They want additional justices on the Supreme Court, and they want additional states so that they have more senators. They want two senators from Washington, D.C., two senators from Puerto Rico. They'll go find states so that they could possibly stack and never have to give it up again. RBG opposed the notion of expanding the Supreme Court, folks. She called it partisan, a bad idea, which it is. Well, no stranger to bad ideas. AOC jumps right on top of that. It's Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez for some of you people out there who would like to know exactly when we say AOC. NPR reported that Ginsburg had her deathbed wish. And then you see AOC. Did you watch the video? I can't. We must honor her wish. We must follow through. Yes. My most fervent wish, apparently, is what RBG said to her granddaughter, Clara Spera. By the way, I don't think we made up that name. It's literally her name. What a what a set! You never want your first name and your last name to remind. Just as a, as a matter of speaking, Clara Sparrow. Like it sounds like a, a bad uh, children's novel character. My most fervent wish is that I will not be replaced until a new president is installed. Ocasio Cortez said that the Democrats should absolutely consider packing the court. We should all leave all options on the table, including a number of justices that are on the Supreme Court. Did RBG own the seat? Did RBG? Yes. Did she have? Did she corner the market yes. on the Supreme Court? Did yes. it was 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 this an entitled yes. position? Does she have the ability? Is she a king? Does she have the ability to pick her successor? Does she have the ability to control the way that her successor is picked? Yep. Is this not a democracy? Do you understand the mindset of Democrats here? Of course you do, because you're smart, you're conservative, you care. This is insane. Packing the court with extra justices, the last time that that was tried, was the tyranny of FDR, one of our worst presidents in the history of this country. His wife ran the country. She's the first female president for the last two years of his presidency. But here you are, 1937, to force through parts of the New Deal during that time. House Judiciary Chairman, the very honorable Jerry Nadler, said... If they're going to force through a nominee during the lame duck session before a new Senate president can take office, then the incoming Senate should immediately move to expand the Supreme Court. There it is in the mainstream. You might remember it was Nadler and Schiff who pounded through Pelosi's impeachment. This is the strategy. Understand now nothing will be calm between now and next February when the State of the Union will be given. It will be a very tumultuous time. Do not... As I say, do not get that little itchy trigger finger, if you will. Don't start making crazy, haphazard decisions. Joe Biden may not even be at the top of the ticket by the time that we're voting. We're going to have to start looking into that. I mean, like sands through the hourglass, so are the days of our... Rudy, I'm sure you watched that at some point in your life. I was more of a guiding light guy myself. I don't remember guiding light. (laughs) All I know is it was on Channel 13. General Hospital, too. So the big question is, is why doesn't Joe Biden just re- release a number of his own nominees, right? I mean, you want to put them, my guys versus your guys, who would be a better pick? Why don't we try to influence the vote? Because they're not into that. 
They know that whatever Donald Trump picks is going to be solid. They're scared of his level of success. Let me remind you, Joe Biden is the swamp. Nearly 50 years in Washington, D.C. Donald Trump, not the swamp. This is his first elected position. This is the first time that he's been elected to anything, including dog catcher. Biden released a number of reasons why he would not release the names or names or why he wouldn't put it. First, putting a judge's name on a list like that could influence that of a person's decision making as a judge. And that would be wrong or at least create the perception that it would have influence. Precisely the reason to do it, you idiot. Second one, anyone put on a list like that under these circumstances would be subject to unrelenting political attacks. What's the point of politics if you're not subject to unrelenting political attacks? You should be able to stand the test, sir. This is what we do. We call it vetting, Joe. I know you don't like to be vetted, but we'd like to vet you and your candidates. You might remember it was Biden who was chairman of the Senate Judiciary Committee when, ironically enough, RBG was confirmed in the early 90s. You'll also remember that it was Joe Biden who also didn't give Anita Hill during the Clarence Thomas judiciary approval, did not give her the chance to speak. That isn't surprising given the number of times you've seen uh, Pedo Joe reach around or touch women inappropriately on camera multiple times, well-documented, and not doctored, I should say. So let me just wrap this up by saying, anybody remember who was the chief of staff who was running the show for President Barack Obama? Remember, elections have consequences. It was one Rahm Emanuel, former mayor of the city of Chicago. He is quite unhappy. I don't think he's grinding an axe here. I think he's legitimately thinking through all of this. And he sees the end of the Democrat Party, as I've already predicted will happen by 2024 or before. He says, this is what is so corrosive to our political system. We just pointed it out. You're going to go to impeachment? You're going to go ahead and stack the courts? Like, nothing says or illustrates the weakness of your position, quite like you pushing forth these ridiculous ideas, Democrats. You're really going to try and sack the court? It ain't going to happen. He states, it's literally the job of the president and the Senate to nominate, then advise, and consent. There's nothing impeachable, so if they have enough people willing to vote, there is no way to stop it. This is most definitely going to hurt the Democrats with Americans, and it should. It's just one more reason why they should never get the White House back. That's the former chief of staff for President Barack Obama, Rahm Emanuel. 550-5500. That's 550-5500. You can take that segment and send it to whoever you want. And why don't you just coach them through Biden and the Democrats and their unconstitutional ways. I almost feel like Nancy Pelosi was tearing apart that speech last February 5th of this year. I feel like that was really kind of tearing through the Constitution during that time. When I return... We'll talk about Trump and the Republicans and their response to the death of RBG and the strategy moving forward. You heard it, what it is for the Democrats. We'll hear from the Republicans who return. 425 back and 4, AM 1600, KIVA 93.7 FM.